Thank you for tuning in to Mafia Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zimware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and auto recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the van and create an invoice out in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Mafia Memoirs. My name's Jody. I'm Rod Pusey. And we are the Zenware Rotafest team, and we are super, super excited because you notice that we are wearing flex hats because we have mr bob eichelberg on the phone with us today so how are you buddy hey i'm good thanks for inviting me oh dude we are so excited to have you you and i struggle and struggle to try to figure out how to get it to go facebook live so we are just doing a zoom recording and we're just super excited to have you on the call with us today so as you guys notice, as I mentioned, we're wearing the flex hats. Mr. Bob is, I would say you are almost a staple in the automotive detailing industry. I mean, it's, um, you are, when, when you think about the automotive detail industry, you think Mike Phillips, you think Bob Phillips, you think Rennie Doyle, you think um, there, there's so many legends in the business. And of course you with flex, and uh, so we thought we would get you on the line. We actually had the opportunity to visit with you in uh, Seattle at Air Force One, which is a phenomenal project. Um, but before we get into Air Force One, how did you get started in the industry? Because you've been in here a long time. I have. And, you know, I started off in the industry actually with skill power tools. Um, I worked for Skill Power Tools while I was going to college, and when I graduated from college many, many, many moons ago, uh, the job market was a little tough. So where do you go to? You go where you were working last, and I walked in, and I said to the, to the head of sales, I said, hey, I need a job, and he looked up my record and said, well, you have a pretty darn good record, and uh, when do you graduate? And I said, um, May 10th. And he said, hey, great, I'll see you at 8 o'clock May 10th. And he goes, by the way, what color car do you want? And I said, I guess blue. <laughs> and he said, okay. He goes, and we're going to pay you 10% more because you're experienced with skill. And I said, okay. And he goes, I'll see you at 8 o'clock May 10th. So it was funny. I went home, called my wife, and said, hey, I got a job. She goes, great, when do you start? And I said, well, Monday. And she goes, are you being paid okay? And I said, okay, and I'm getting a blue car. And she said, well, what else? And I said, that's all I know for now. So let's go. So, yeah. so I started off with scale power tools uh, in Illinois and did uh, from what they thought was a phenomenal job. And the boss called me in one Friday and I said, you know, that's not a good deal when the boss calls you in on Friday. So I walked in and he says, um, Bob, how you doing? Another long meeting. He said, uh, we're going to promote you. And I said, really, where am I going? He said, Omaha, Nebraska. And I said to myself, I go, God, who did I piss off this time? But I said, um, yeah. let's go. 
So it took me to Omaha, Nebraska, where I was a sales rep. And I did that for about 20 years. And then I made a career change to Shopback Corporation, uh, which we started getting into the automotive industry a little. I mean, back then, there was no such thing as the automotive industry. It was turtle wax and a couple rags, and that was it. And, you know, so with the vacuum cleaners, we actually started going after that market where everybody likes to clean their cars. Um, and I left um, Shopback, and then obviously I had trouble holding, a, holding on to a job, but I left Shopback and went to Porta Cable. And at that time, Porta Cable called me up and said, hey, we have an opportunity for you. And I said, really, what is that? I mean, I had a great job at Porta Cable. I was in charge of the western part of the United States, woodworking tools, which were at an all-time high. I mean, people were begging you to buy these tools. So anyway, Porta Cable boss said, hey, Bob, how would you like to sell flex tools? And I said, okay. First of all, what are flex tools? And um, he told me, and I said, okay. I said, let's give it a try. So all of a sudden, I go in and not knowing anything about flex tools, I learned that they were made in Germany, um, quality tools, and we were just getting into the automotive market because the president at that time said to me, he goes, Bob, I want you to go to a show called SEMA. And again, I'm looking going, what is SEMA? Yeah. So I went to SEMA, and it was an interesting time. I had a 10 by 10 booth. I had the most expensive polisher on the market. It spun the opposite way of everybody else's, and it was made in Germany. So needless to say, it was a pretty slow show, the first show. Um, <laughs> you had a few types. A few tire kickers came by, a few guys that were there all day because their wife wasn't picking them up till five, but it was pretty slow. But lo and behold, uh, it, it caught on. And, you know, we were one of the first. We even beat the Chinese to the show. We were one of the first people to show products at the show. And it was funny because Bob uh, McKee was in a little bit bigger booth, about a 10 by 30 booth across the way with AutoGeek. And he walked up and talked to me and you know, said, hey, how about next show you join me? And I'm thinking, this is great. Now I'm going to have company. I can do bathroom breaks. Uh, somebody <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is great. So my, my whole world started off. So actually, so that's how we really got started in the automotive world. I knew nothing about that part of the business when I entered into it. But as you guys know, uh, obviously, SEMA has become bigger and bigger than ever you know you've got mobile tech now joining in the crowd and um and life is good yeah that, that's phenomenal so needless to say you've uh, seen some changes in the industry oh my god Have I, you know that the changes are astonishing you know between where you can buy the unit the way detailing is done today like i said earlier nothing wrong with turtle wax but at that time it was turtle wax paste and that was it. And it was hand polishing. Nobody used buffers. There was no detailers. There were no people mobile detailing. Even car washes, if we look back then, you basically had a car wash at a, depending upon what gas station you had in Illinois, it was Marathon. And in Nebraska, it was Shell. And you had a $3 car wash. And my God, you could just feel the pain. <laughs> when you were driving your car through it with the brushes and the banging. And I mean, so everything has changed. I mean, the whole thought process has changed. And, 
you know, and if you if you really think back, you guys are younger than me, but if you think back, think to our dads. How often did our fathers wash their cars? How often did our fathers wax their car? Never, mine anyway. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't something that was done. And today, I mean, it's kind of funny. I'm a Jeep owner. And I made the mistake last Saturday of going to the Sonic Burger at noon because my grandson wanted a hamburger. And as I pulled in, I didn't know this, but it looked like they were filming Billy Jack. All these Jeeps were there, and I drive in with my little red Jeep, and these guys are giving me the hand signal, the Billy Jack thing, like uh, like there's no tomorrow. And I'll tell you what, there wasn't one single Jeep. There was probably 110 Jeeps there. Not one single Jeep that was dirty that had any dust on it. So that's today's world. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's all about it's all about looking good and driving the best machine impossible, right? So well, exactly. And if you look at how this market has changed, I mean, back when I started um, 18 years ago, it was basically uh, Dewalt Black and Decker unit. It was the Flex unit because we were coming in from Germany, you know. And you had a few off brand. You had the Cyclone unit, which at that time was the first two-headed polisher. Um, but outside of that, there were people running around with pads on their electric drills. How many electric drills do we have today? I mean, if, so this market has changed so much to today. I don't know if we could count or if we had the time today to count if we listed all the polishers and the aftermarket polishers and the imports and the exports that are on the market today. It's shocking. So, you know, the consumer is really hard pressed now to figure out what's the best, what what's best for my money. And also think about it, back in those days, where would you buy a car polisher? The only place you could buy it was your local hardware store. Right. Well, today, you look at today's market, you Google it, and you can buy it damn near everywhere. So thank God we've been blessed at Flex with some great, great distributors that mark, not only market the product, know about the product, but sell the product in conjunction with their products. And like I've always told everybody, it shows and everything else, you can buy the best polisher in the world, but if you don't have the right micro towels, you don't have the right polishes, red adherence. I mean, you've wasted your time. If any one of those three are bad, the, the result's going to be bad. Right. <laughs> you forgot the fourth one. If the guy operating those are bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the problem we got there is you can lead a horse to water, but you know what happens. Uh, That's right. You know, we can sell them the best polisher, the best micro towel, and the best, best waxes. But if he doesn't have the training, you know, God knows what's going to happen then. But you know what? Most companies have made their products, and I'm talking, you know, genetically on this. Most companies have made their products pretty much idiot-proof. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the sad thing, people think, well, the polishers do the damage. The polishers don't necessarily do the damage. It's the operator and the heat buildup and, yeah. the, and you know, contaminated pads and everything else that does the damage. So there's so many steps in there. And thank God our detailers, which we saw a couple of weeks ago at Air Force One. I mean, we were, were spoiled. We had the cream of the crop there. Yeah. You know, so we, we had guys that really knew what they were doing, really knew what they were, were using. You take Mike Phillips. I'm going to give Mike a plug here. My God, if you don't inspect your towel before you use it and fold it the proper way, 
Mike Trollips will have a heart attack and tell you that in a New York second and correct you on the proper way to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, it, you really get to see that, especially on Air Force One, because you're dealing with polished aluminum. And so if you've got even the, the smallest minute um, contaminant on your towel, you're going to mar that surface where on the paint, you're going to see it, but not as prevalent as when you've just polished a piece of aluminum. It, it you know, people talk about black paint showing up uh, imperfections. Go polish some aluminum that's <laughs> been sitting there in the sun for 60 years, and you'll definitely see some imperfections. But Well, you know, and that was kind of interesting if, when we all noticed that. Uh, you know, we have the team meeting in the morning, and Rennie and the guy and the and the um, the superintendents would have a meeting. And one thing they found is they finally had a series of four guys polishing the aluminum in a four or five foot area, because they were finding if one guy polished an area, another guy picked up afterwards, and another guy after that, you would have imperfections in in your polish. So. What they did, they actually had like a chain gang going on. Yeah. And it looked remedial, but four guys going, and the product was beautiful when it was done. But, uh, and you're talking the hardest polishing in the world. I know black cars and Maseratis and everything are tough, but aluminum polishing. I mean, I, I, we saw those guys. They all looked like raccoons at the end of the day with, you know, for, with, the, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the aluminum paste, you know, all over their oh, bodies. But, uh, yeah. Or, or like the tin man, like Lawrence yeah, and I always uh, say, Shane. Oh. Yeah, I always say we look like coal miners. Just like coal miners yeah. that come up for, them, for their lunch, you know. We're covered in that stuff. But. And it's really tough, especially when you're under the wing with lifting up. So Rod knows all about that. So, yeah. Well, Rod, you weren't there in the old days when we didn't have the cover over the plane. And under the wings was always kept for the days of rain in Seattle, which which were plentiful. But, um, you know, it's amazing. Everybody looks at that Air Force One, but you've got to be there on Monday when the excitement is high and the, and the bodies are fresh. And then you got to be there on Wednesday when the excitement is high, the bodies are worn. And by Friday, the excitement is still high, but the bodies are worn out. These guys are working. They're there at 7.30 in the morning getting up at five, having breakfast, getting there at 7.30 in the morning. And by the time they go upstairs at the end of the day, it's 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's 10 days. And that's a, you talk about a young person sport. I mean, that's a tough one. <clears throat> yeah. Jody and I have to put on a real happy face when we're there because we're not young guys anymore. But <laughs> when I think of, you know, people like Prentice and Bill the Buffman and stuff, you know, they're going the distance and, you know, it, it's fun to see even the more seasoned guys putting in the and gals putting in the effort and doing such a phenomenal job. And it's, you know, it's interesting that you talk about the excitement at the beginning of the week versus the excitement at the end of the week. And really, the excitement at the end of the week is really it's all centered around, wow, look at the job that we <clears throat> did together as a team. Because you're coming in, and yes, we've been working on Air Force One for so many years, I think 16 years, and you just see the consistency of continual work and preservation as a team. And when you, even after being gone a year and you come back and you see what a year has done to that medal, and you know, the team getting in there and just doing just such a phenomenal job of bringing it back to life 
and even taking the B29 to the next level every year, it is really rewarding to, you know, stand side by side with those men and ladies and go, wow, we did that. Well, you know what's amazing is even the ever-ready Bunny Rennie, I mean, he's got to burn out. He's got to slow down sometime. He's got to crash at the end of that deal because you think of his job. I mean, he's under pressure. It's how many years in a row you're dealing with, with prize, prize possessions here. I mean, let's say the Air Force One. It's not the current one, but people got to remember that's the one that brought the probably one of the greatest presidents in the world, John F. Kennedy, back to the White House. Yeah. after the terrible, terrible plot that happened. And, and Rennie puts together 30 to 35 entrepreneurs. These guys are all bosses in their own business. They all run their own business. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. But collect, collectively, they get along, they blend, they mend, they work together, they listen. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I got to commend Rennie on that, but I know that son of a bitch turn. Once in a while, somewhere down the road, he has to burn, he has to crash. But yeah. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> well, I think he does it in the privacy of, of his oh, yeah. room, right? Oh, he goes yeah. home and just yeah. collapses, you know? And, and I think yeah. that's what most of us did at the end of the day. We go home and just like, give me something to eat and let me get get a massage sponsored by Prentice and Shane or let me just go crash in the bed yeah. round two. So so let's talk about that sponsorship that you guys have done. The Flex has actually done for, for all these years in there. I mean – you know, obviously all of us that, you know, we do a sponsorship as well, but you guys have been at the forefront of sponsoring that event from the, from day one. And, and, you know, what, what kind of uh, confidence does Flex have in you when you brought that to them and just said, Hey, this is what I want to do. Well, you know, it, it was a new idea. I mean, you look at the shirts that you guys have on them right now, they, they, they're, they're looking like shirts from a race car driver. Uh, oh, yeah. But you know, back back when we did it, we were it. I mean, it was us and the Detail Mafia, and it was a new concept. Obviously, it's an expense uh, that we had to calculate, or I had to calculate, and and running in North America at that time, I budgeted it and said, you know, let's try it. You know, it's it's kind of like anything else. You want to try it the first time because then if it's a great deal, like SEMA. I mean, once we started SEMA, we had position and we had credits and everything else. Whereas if, if you go to join SEMA today and go to that show, you're going to be in the bottom row of the basement under the leaky pipe somewhere. Yep. So, you know, having said that, you know, we, we tried it. Yeah, in the back 40. But, I, you know, like I said to Rennie, I said, let's try it. Neither one of us knew what the hell was going to go on. And so we tried it. We came out. We were haphazard the first year, but to our to our credit, that plane was a wreck. I mean, that plane was so bad that Rennie even questioned whether he wanted to, to do it or not. Because you understand Rennie, he's not going to do anything if there's a high percentage of failure. Because yeah. you know we want to we want to make it look good, make it right, and and earn our money. So we took it on, and it was grueling. The weather sucked. Um, I mean, it, it did all but snow that first time, and we weren't covered, and we had a plane that had never been good. Plus, we didn't know 100% what to use on it. Yeah. You know, now we go there, we know what chemicals, we know what towels, we know what machines we want. But back then, we didn't. It was a trial and error. And thank God, you know, the, the old guys that were in there, Dirty Harry, 
and those guys, I mean, they they brought the team together and, and we made it work. I mean, it, so it's been a great, rewarding uh, experience for us that, that we hope is just going to go on and on and on. And, you know, some insight, supposedly they're going to wall, they're going to put walls. Yeah, we, we've heard that. Point, which will really help because even though it's covered, I mean, there's a lot of weather that, as you guys have seen being there, that will blow through that place during oh, the time. Yeah, well, Dave, plus the walls will keep the birds out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I, I spent a full day on the tail of the B-17 getting, getting all the poop off of the tail um, from two starlings that, I mean, they just – pelted that sucker i mean it was bad well and by wednesday it was raining and air force one was getting wet again i mean instantly i mean they, they had yeah. they had finished yep. one side of it it was already wet so we know going in there every year how bad it's going to be and <clears throat> you know we're not dealing with something that came off the factory floor like a car and that all the panels were painted at the same time some of those pieces we were talking with uh evan about the uh some of the engine pieces on the 747 They've had to piece that together. Yeah. So a um, couple of those engines, parts of the same engine are from different areas of the country. You know, part of it came out of the Arizona desert. Part of it came out of somewhere that was really wet. And so you're dealing with totally dissimilar metals and trying to match them all up. Yeah. And the nice part about it, it is it is a preservation event it is not you know it is not somebody's mclaren it's not somebody's you know brand new dodge demon that um that they're paying you thousands of dollars to make it all look right it is a preservation thing and, and the nicest thing to me about being at that event is when you get some of the patrons of the museum coming up and talking to you and telling you how great things look to us you know we're out there polishing going man this looks like crap this panel doesn't even match this and everybody's you know at certain points in times wednesdays or thursdays there's a lot of frustration going on um, but then you get somebody that comes up to you and, and tells you thank you, or that it looks really great, or, you know, one of the staff or the, uh, the former actual pilot, yeah, former pilot will come by and say, man, this thing looks better than it did when it rolled off the floor. So I think that's a lot to keep in perspective, um, for the people that work on that, because I know that the, the men and women that do this, um, all day long, every day, the perfection aspect of it sometimes gets in the way. And, and I think we're spoiled. I will say it. We are very spoiled in some of the things that we do have, the flex polishers and the pads that we're getting nowadays. And buff and, and shine. You know. Um, P&S products. Yeah, all yeah. Of the products that we're using, like you mentioned, they've come so far that, um, you know, we're testing stuff out on those planes that, that literally I hadn't even seen until this year. Um, and some of the methods that you can use that, Hey, it's not like it was 20 years ago. You're not sitting out there with that, you know, like you said, turtle wax and a hand compound, just rubbing the crap to try to get oxidation off. Oxidation comes off fairly easy compared to 20 years ago. I know, you know, some of these guys that are in their twenties don't know what it's like to work on a, a car that had, you know, uh, really really hard paint from 25 30 50 years ago and trying to get oxidation out of that so i think we're a little spoiled but it's good yeah it's good it, it's well you know the cool the, the cool thing is you know i don't remember it was probably about five or six years ago when we were first doing the bomber we actually had one of the gentlemen came in his uniform imagine it still fit him that would not be the case with me but he came in his uniform, and this gentleman was in his 90s, of course, 
because World War II, yeah. and showed us the plane, talked about the plane, and I mean, it was a touching time. It, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was incredible to see that. And looking at that plane, what people endured, you know, to get back there in the bombing section and 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 to be in this thing, there were no bathrooms on that plane. No, and there's no stewardess on that plane. <laughs> and you look at today's Air Force One, which would be even funnier. Why don't we, you know, I wouldn't want to do this, but let's take this plane and give it to Donald Trump to fly around in today versus today's 747. I mean, yeah, it had an area with a small bed in it and it had, you know, different compartments, but it was a DC, what, eight or seven? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a small plane in comparison today. So when you said we're all spoiled, we are all spoiled with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, you know, and it's all—it's all good. It's a good spoiled. I mean, for the industry in general, oh. I think this, the industry's come so far. And like you said, if people didn't take care of their vehicles, I know. Well, uh, it was just the norm to drive a car, you know. And they're all enamel paint, and they were all just—I mean, you know—you go back to the '50s and '60s, and washing your car was spraying it off in the driveway, and then taking a taking an older bath towel that wasn't good enough to wipe your bottom with, and wiping your car down with <laughs> yeah. it. You know, yeah. the softest thing you could get was a diaper, you know, and that still would mar paint today. So yeah. um, I think it has come a long ways. We've all come a long ways, and you have too. I mean, at this point, you're transitioning, as we hear it, uh, into retirement very yeah, soon. Yeah, so the flex hat is going off. And no, you know what the new hat is. Is it a golf hat or what is it? <laughs> Well, you know, it's to be announced. And, you know, I'd like to throw in on this. You know, I've, I've been with Flex, like I said, for 18 years. Um, I retired last Friday. Um, so we're first catching up now. But I'm officially uh, unemployed by Flex right now. But, you know, I, you know, when you've done things like we've done, I have a, a deep respect for Flex, for the guys in the industry, for everything we've accomplished. And, you know, the good thing is, like I told the guys at Flex, I want to come back in five years and have them say business is double, business is triple. Because then I can say, well, maybe I was part of that. Yeah. I don't want to come back in five years and have it gone because then they go, well, I guess I was part of that too. But I mean, they're a good company. There's a lot of great companies out there. There's a lot of great people out there. And we've had a great ride because of guys like you and the rag company and you know, the Rennie Doyles and the Mike Phillips of the world. I mean, that's what's setting the stage today. And, you know, we all say, you know, how many times have we all said, God, we, won't, we don't want to be our kids. I'm sure my father said, God, I don't want to be my kid. And, you know, down the road, our kids are going to say, God, we don't want to be our kids. But, you know, every generation brings something new to the party. And, mm -hmm. and I'm expecting this Air Force One deal to go further than it is now. I mean, there's museums all over the country. I mean, we've got a big one in Omaha off at Air Force Base. We've got a big one in Arizona, the graveyard. I mean, we're all these people. But, you know, it's the mentality. It's got to catch up with what's going on today. These people go by Air Force One and they go, wow, that plane looks phenomenal. Well, you know, that's what we've done. And that's what my career has done. And, you know, I appreciate it. Um, I'm going away uh, very friendly. Uh, with a lot of great memories, and probably in the next couple of weeks or so, we're going to have an announcement of what Bob's going to do next. Because this retirement gig isn't a good gig, gig either. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> I've been married forty. 
I've been married 42 years, and I'm not so sure it's strong enough to be around all the time. I mean, uh, but um, I know your retirement's going to save me a lot of money because I usually end up buying a machine or two every single time we go to a show together. So I, my wife's happy because she's like, well, then maybe you won't buy so many tools. Well, I've got your name. I passed that on to you, Chris. So Chris that's is going to be taking over. So you guys will be well taken care of. But, that's uh, perfect you know. because I need my flag. So that's good. <laughs> but, I, um, I no, it's been great. It's no, been well. great. It's, it's going to remain great. And um, I appreciate, you know, all you got. You guys, you know, let's talk about you guys, how much you brought to the market. I mean, five years ago, we didn't have you. I mean, we didn't have all the publicity that we have today. And, and that's what Rennie has been good with these guys. Is he says, hey, you guys are going to work hard. I'm going to work your asses off. But get some notoriety. We yeah, even right. had it. I had, I had the local Channel 7 ABC News cover us two years ago in Omaha because I called them up and said, hey, this is what we're doing. This is, you know, they didn't mention my name. I didn't want to mention. I wanted Air Force One and what's going on. And, you know, that's the thing that you guys bring to the party. Well, we're we're just happy to be a small part of it. Uh, you know, it's it's just such a phenomenal group of men and women that come together. It's an even more amazing project to be a small part of. And you know, when we were invited, we went with the full intent to be part of the team, not to just be, uh, you know, a, a sponsoring vendor that just stood by and watched. I mean, we we're like, give us a polisher, let's figure it out. So. It's just fun to be a part of it and to work side by side with such amazing men and women um, and to actually touch and preserve and talk about and walk in history is a really humbling, humbling experience for both of us and and for our company. And we're we're just proud to be a small part of it. So, you know, to walk hand in hand with you and Bob Phillips and the rag company and the Buff and Shine folks and Glass Parency. I mean, the, it's just a phenomenal team, and we're we're just glad to be a small part of it. So, hey, and one thing I want to mention at the end, I'm, you guys were there and saw this, but I got to give kudos to the group, the Mafia, that you guys saw the presentation that they made to me for my retirement. Yeah, they took a flex. They took a flex thirty-four one polisher and had it custom painted to match the Air Force One. And I will send you a picture of that if you don't have one, you know, when we get off here. But that was a phenomenal thing. That's going to be a memory forever. And I'm right now still trying to plan where I'm going to house that so it gets the most recognition from everybody, uh, yeah, especially we, the guys. So thanks yeah, again, have, guys. We have to give a shout-out to Crisanto Aquino, who, who <clears throat> did that for you with uh, Jester Graphics. They're the the uh, graphic team that did that. And, you know, to me, you know, I, I didn't know they were going to do that. And when they did that, I just thought it was such an honor for you. I mean, to recognize what you personally and flex, but you personally have brought to the industry, to that project for the last 30, whatever years, 16, 30, I don't know. It's so 16. long, you know, that, you know, and it, it really is a tribute to you. And we, as a team, want to thank you for what you've done for us. And we just wish you success in your retirement. And we're really, really Whatever. excited <laughs> to hear what's coming. So, Guys, I appreciate it. And um, I'm humbled. 
Yeah. But thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Mafia Memoirs. Um, we really, really have enjoyed our association with you and appreciate you joining us on this episode. And guys, we have some special edition Rotafest Zimmer stickers from the Detail Mafia, uh, from the Air Force One project. If you want some, make sure to comment and let us know, and we will send you guys some out. And uh, I guess we will catch you guys next week. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks. Have a great day.